So we've got some boxes on the stage, um, just so you know, so you're not just trying to figure it out the whole time. This one says body, uh, this one says spirit, and this one says mind, and we're going to talk about these little fellas in just a little bit. But you guys may remember last week we started a series on vision. And what we said was, as God's church, we must be a people of vision, that we need to have a vision for, for what we're going to do as the body of Christ, and why do we exist, and why we're here, and, and next week we're going to... There's a dude roller skating in the back. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's the first time I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen some stuff. That's good, man. Um, <laughs> kudos for originality. Uh, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, vision. They're, they're, we have a collective vision, and we're going to talk about that next week. But, but the, the important thing is we all have to have individual visions. Because you're each a member of the body of Christ. But if you don't know the vision for yourself, then it's hard to work together. If, if the hand doesn't know what the hand is supposed to do, it's hard for the hand to be part of the body. If the hand thinks it's an ear, we're in trouble, right? And so everyone needs a vision for their life. And last week we talked about having a vision uh, in our spiritual side. I like air quotes. Cool people do these. It's spiritual side. And we talked about having a vision of humility and maturity and generosity and community. But this week I came in and I started writing this week's message. And I kind of felt like last week we were drinking from a, a fire hydrant. Sometimes I get up here and just get excited and just throw a whole bunch of stuff out. And it's sort of like Clarissa t taught uh, Christy and I this about, about Kinley. If I just say, go clean your room, she's not going to do it. Because her room is to the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, it's just overwhelming to go clean your room. But if I say, hey, there's a pile of clothes right there. I want you to pick those clothes up and put them in the closet. I can get her to clean a room a little bit at a time, right? But you have to give her steps. And, and I'm the same way. Like if someone just says, you need to be nice, I don't even listen to them because I don't even know what that means or, or, you know, whatever. But I need practical steps. And so I think for the things we covered last week, there are some practical things we can do in each area. For instance, to grow in maturity, practically speaking means you confess to God and someone else where you're weak. And then it means you study the Bible, and read. And if you don't know what to study in the Bible, pick up your Bible and read John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. And when you're done with that, come tell me and I'll give you something else. But it means to begin to study and to pray and to get honest about who you really are and where you really are. A vision to grow in generosity. It's not that difficult. Right now, if you're giving a dollar, move to a dollar fifty. If you're giving a dollar fifty, move to two dollars. If you're giving nothing, take a step. To grow in generosity in this house means to take a step towards contributing financially to the vision of this house. If you're at zero, go to, go to fifty. You know, whatever. But it's it's progression in your giving. To have a vision for community. We have given you incredibly practical ways to get involved in community. There's a whole bunch of sign-up tables out there. Um, find a group and get in it. I'm doing one on Wednesday night. It'd probably be the best. So there's that. I mean, next, we're not on humility yet. <laughs> find a group for community. I mean, be involved. We believe that the body of Christ is at its best when it's working together. And so we can create all these groups. And Katie Neal has done an amazing job of creating, amen, yes, an amazing job of creating opportunities but if you don't take the opportunity, don't complain when nobody notices you're not here anymore. I mean, that's what people do. They're like, well, I hadn't been there in two weeks and nobody's called me. Well, you sneak in late and leave early. And I mean, I, you know, I can't know everybody's business. But we have created a system where everybody can be known by someone. So if you want to be known, participate. And finally, a vision for humility. What does that look like? 
Practically speaking, it means, uh, it means a couple of things. One, like let somebody else in front of you at traffic every now and then. Humble yourself. Let somebody else in line in front of you. But mainly what I think it means for the church is this. When you know you're right and you're about to say something that's politically charged, or you're about to say something that's just going to crush somebody else, but you know you're right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to get ready to say it, and then I want you to go zip. Twist it, lock it, put it in your pocket. Y'all ever heard that? <laughs> lock it up. The church should speak on a lot of things, but the church should shut its mouth sometimes too. Like there's a time to, we don't have to defend our God. He's fairly capable of handling his own business. All right? So there's times when even though you're right, you may win a battle, but you might just lose a war. There are practical ways that we can grow in humility and generosity and community. And all, but, but our spiritual side, that's not the only area where we need to grow. And so today I want to talk about two more practical areas where I believe we need growth, and they are the body and the mind. Why does it matter? 1 Thessalonians 5.23 May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, body, mind, and spirit. The first thing we learn is God has a plan for your body, your mind, and your spirit. To sanctify something is to, is to perfect something, is to make something whole and complete. And God has a plan for every single part of you, not just for your spiritual side, but for your body and for your mind. So it matters because it's, it's all important to God. Because God has a plan for all of it. Why does it matter? Matthew twenty two thirty seven. He says, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. So why does it matter? Because God wants us to love him with all of our mind and all of our body and all of our spirit. and all, He says all of your soul. And I learned something this week. Uh, there, there's a pastor named Tim. You know, never mind. I, I made this. I came up with this. Uh, Tim Mackey is the guy's name who came up with it. But he did a video on, on the Hebrew word for soul. And the Hebrew word for soul doesn't mean this. Like, I think a lot of us think, I have a soul, right? If you ask somebody, tell me about your soul, they would say, well, it's the part of me that goes to heaven when I die. As if, you know, or what's your soul? Well, the soul is the part of me that will haunt everybody who did me wrong in this world. And the truth is, that's not what your soul is. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. And your body and your mind and your spirit are all collected within your soul. Your soul is all that you are. So when you see a Bible verse where it says, with all your soul, it's like, a, it's like an exclamation point saying, all your heart. And all your mind, forget it, all your soul, like everything. The soul is all that you are. Your mind is, is your emotions and all that inner you that no one can see. And your body is your body and your spirit is the spirit and communes with God. But the soul is all of it. So when you hear the word soul, what God is saying is everything. And so we know that he has a plan for everything. And we know that he wants us to love him with everything. 1 Corinthians 6 19 says this. It says, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. 
God has a plan for your body and your mind and your spirit. God wants you to love him with your body and your mind and your spirit, with your soul, with all that you are. God wants you to honor him with your body and your mind and your spirit. God wants you to honor him with every single part of you that makes you you. Romans 12, 1 through 4, it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It matters because God wants you to worship him with your body and your mind and your spirit. It matters because God wants you to honor him with your body and your mind and your spirit. And God wants you to love him with your mind and your body and your spirit. And God has a plan for your mind and your body and your spirit. It all matters to God, every single part of it. But here's what we do, right? Maybe not y'all, but some people. What we do is this. We tend to think that these things right here are three separate things that aren't really connected. Right? And so, I mean, I've got my Friday night me, and I've got my Sunday me, and they're not connected. And what I put in my mind has no connection to my body. It's, it's sort of like this. We have all of our stuff. Like we have our hobbies. This is my hobby. Quack, quack, quack. It's a duck. I duck hunt. If you have land, holla. So, <laughs> Pastor Perk. <laughs> This goes in my mind bucket, right? Because most of us who have a hobby that we love, we think about it a lot and it affects our feelings and our emotions. So my hobby goes in there. This is a, a family vacation. I've never been there, but someone went and brought me the hat. We didn't get to do that, Mom. So, but this, is a, this goes in the mind bucket because family vacations affect your feelings and your emotions. Oh, here's a T-shirt. This is actually the shirt I work out in. So this is my... This, some of y'all say I wear small shirts. You, you don't even know. And so this goes in my body bucket, right? Because that doesn't affect anything else. And then we have, then we have some food items. I got a Snickers here, and I got some Cheetos, and I got some Cheez-Its. And these things are just in the body bucket, and they don't affect the mind or the spirit, and they're separate. But then I've got the cross. Spirit bucket. I've got a movie. Movies affect my mind. This is Will Ferrell, Best of Saturday Night Live. That's a good one. I got another movie, but this is The Passion of the Christ, so it's probably in the spirit bucket. Passion. Oh, boy, look what I've got here. A lighter. This represents all my habits. Pick your habit. A lot of them require a lighter. Some of them don't. That goes in there, in the body bucket. But it's okay because I read my Bible. And then I've got my, my little measuring thing here. No one knows what this is, but some people use these for work. And so that goes in my mind. And then I've got my prescription medication. Maybe they're painkillers. And that doesn't affect my, my spirit or my mind. That's just my body. And then I've got a Bible, and that goes in my spirit and this book. And, they, and it's all this different stuff, and it's in all these different buckets. And our belief is that what's in this bucket doesn't affect this one and this one. And we're completely separated, right? But the message of the Bible is not the message of three different boxes that don't mean anything to each other. The message of the Bible is this, that you have one box, and that box says soul, and everything's in it, and everything matters. 
And so in your soul box are the foods that you eat and your habits and your clothes and the pills. And in your soul box is the Bible and the cross. And in the soul box is everything that you put into your mind and it's all in here and they're all in one box and God cares equally about every single thing in this box. And so what I'm telling you is this, it is possible that God cares just as much about what you read as he cares about the hymns that you sing. And it's possible that God cares just as much about what you eat as he cares about what you listen to. And it is possible that there is one box and God cares about every single part of you and everything you do affects every other part of you. And this is the reality. There is one box for each one of us. And that box is our soul. And I know I'm offending some people with some things I'm about to say because I'm supposed to be in this box, right? Church is my spirit box. What's Tommy doing meddling in the other boxes? Church is about this. I'm not here to talk about porn or food. You get back in the Bible box, son. Right? Right? Isn't that, isn't that where we want me? Y'all don't not in our pocketbooks or our porn. Hey, get in the Bible box. But what if, just what if, we're not here to be more spiritual? What if we're here to be transformed souls? And so everything goes in the box. The technology that I put in my head goes in the box. Every single thing is in this box, and God cares about every single part of you. And what we tend to do is we elevate this one and we say God doesn't care about these. And so maybe we grow a little bit in this box and you know what we've become? Disconnected. We've become disconnected. We are three-part beings. Body, mind, and spirit. Soul. It's all one thing. Soul. The three parts are all in the same box. And I'm here today to tell you that God cares about each and every one of them. So I want to challenge you guys today as we, as we grow in our spiritual plan that we also grow in a vision for all the things that are in this box. That it's not just spiritual, but it's also body and mind. And I know this is challenging. And I'm going to say some things about exercise, and, so, and maybe you've got some physical limitations and you can't do anything. Keep in mind, you are talking to a one-legged man, so good luck with that. Um, but, I mean, there are some physical limitations, right? Like, God is not calling me to be a catcher on a baseball team. You know why? Because I can't sit like that. Like, my leg physically won't let me do that. So God is not going, Tommy, I want you to increase your area in catching on a baseball team. First off, it would be weird because I'm old, and, but that's not my calling. I have mental limitations, and that's probably a shock for many of you, but I have some mental limitations. Like, God is not calling me to sit in a conference room while someone speaks monotone and someone else makes repetitive noises by my ear because my ADD, oh, boom, my head would just explode. My ADD cannot handle repetitive noises or sitting in one space listening to a monotone. I can't handle that. So that's not what God is calling me to do. What God is calling me to do is be the best possible steward I can inside of my circumstances with my body and my mind and my spirit. That's what 
God's calling me to do. So in regards to our body, what are some practical ways we can grow? 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. How can we grow with our body? Sexually speaking is one way where we can grow. God has a good and pleasing and perfect plan for sex. And it's outlined in the pages of this book. And so to, to, to guard your body, to honor God sexually with what you do with your body, it's an area where we can grow. Uh, it means our clothes. What do we wear? It means when you get dressed in the morning, be aware. Now, obviously, I wouldn't wear this shirt because it would distract a lot of people. <laughs> I wouldn't wear this shirt. I mean, when we get dressed, are we thinking, man, I look good, and I hope everybody looks at me. Is it about me, or is it, God, I'm going to honor you with my body? And so I'm going to dress in a way that's, that's appropriate for the situations with food that we eat. Guys, let me tell you something. Um, I don't think a Snickers bar is bad. Matter of fact, they're satisfying, some would even say. Like a Snickers bar is not bad, and one Snickers bar probably isn't going isn't to kill you, but to just sit around and eat Snickers bars all day, do you, can we really justify this as honoring God with our body? I was talking to a friend of mine this week, and we were talking about, like, we don't just walk around throwing junk on the ground because we have a respect for God's creation. Yet we fill our bodies with junk, and this is God's creation. Why is it so easy for us to trash ourselves when we won't throw trash on the ground? And so just sitting around eating junk food all day, it's hard. That's not honoring God with your body. Not only that, it makes you feel sluggish and tired, and it, it's called junk for a reason. With exercise, and I know we can't all join a gym or there's limitations, but is there something we can do to improve our physical self? Not because, not because we're so worried about what the world thinks, but because our body is a temple that belongs to God. And it's, it's sort of like, imagine you buy a new house, and when, when you give your life to Christ, God occupies your body through the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now imagine you give your life to Christ, and God comes in. It's sort of like what happens if, if we sell our house you know, we buy a house from someone and that old person keeps coming in and trashing our new house. And can you imagine if you bought a house from someone, you paid good money for it, and then they keep coming in once a week and just throwing trash on the ground? If you belong to Christ, your body is not your own. Therefore, taking care of it is a responsibility to God. It's his temple now. And so we honor God with our bodies. Uh, Christy, my wife over here, is doing Daniel Plan. It is, is the Connect group. And so if you're wanting a way to, to grow, to get healthier, if you want a way to understand that God actually cares about these things, the Daniel plan is an amazing opportunity because diet plans cannot give you two things the Daniel plan can, and that's community and faith. This is not about a diet. This is about understanding that God loves every single part of me, and so every part of me matters, and so I'm going to do all I can to glorify him with my body. And so there's a community of people that would love to walk alongside you with this. And by the way, none of us have perfected this, I promise you. Maybe Barrett, but he's, not, he's pretty close. That is pretty cut. But the rest of us have not perfected this. So let's walk together with our minds. How do we begin to grow with our minds? Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Guys, I, I'm, I'm going to say habits 
really go into the body and the mind. Because um, if you've ever had a habit, which I have, I don't speak as someone who doesn't understand addiction. I'm not Jeff. I've actually lived a real life. I understand it. But I do believe this, that God's desire is to set us completely free. And so part of what he wants you to do mentally and physically is break any habit that binds you. We were not meant to be slaves to anybody. Dang sure not meant to be slaves to anything made by man. And so whatever your habit is, um, maybe, just maybe, God cares as much about the habit that you have as he cares about the hymn that you sing. Like he really and truly wants to break that chain, whether it's food or alcohol or, or nicotine or whatever. That this is a spiritual thing. And God wants to do a spiritual work. That this is about your soul. That he wants to set you completely free. And then I love this verse from Proverbs when it comes to our mind. And by the way, before I get to this, just so you guys know, when the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about the mind. Because as you probably know, the heart doesn't really do anything. It doesn't think. It just pumps blood. Um, And so I'm going to read this. As if he's talking about the mind, it says, Proverbs 23, Above all else, guard your mind, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Let no corrupt talk come from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left, but keep your foot from evil. All right, so what's this say? It says, guard your minds with the things we let in our brains. Like, are, 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 we, are we honoring God with the stuff that we allow into our minds, with the movies that we watch? Listen, I'm not saying that we have to just watch Noah's Ark or the Ten Commandments because, oh, y'all know I'm not saying that. I like funny, funny's funny. But if we're watching things that demean women, or demean men, or we're watching things where they're taking the name of God and kicking it around like it's a toy, this must offend us. There's times when we're called to get up and leave. Christy and I were at a movie the other night, and we we both knew it. I mean, we both knew it. We knew the right thing to do, but we had paid the money, so we were going to see the end of the movie, and we both knew it, and we both left that going, why didn't we get up and leave? We didn't get up and leave because we didn't understand the impact that was having on our soul. But I won't make that mistake again. We don't allow this stuff into our lives. We be careful with what's coming in. He says, guard it above all things because everything flows through here. Guard what you look at. Guard what you think about. Guard what you watch. Guard what we're letting our kids watch. But be aware of what's coming into our minds. And so guard it. And I'll take this one step further because I'm already out on a limb today. I know that. When we're talking about our mind, read a book every now and then. Like, there's a life beyond Facebook. There's a book book. (laughs) And book book was here before Facebook. (laughs) And you want to sharpen your mind? Like, you want to do something to sharpen your mind? Pick up book book and look through it every now and then. I'm I'm just being serious. And and I'm going to say this, too, because I mean this and I've said it, but I want to set one more person free with this. If you need mental health counseling, stop being prideful and go get it. I've got I will go anytime. If I need counseling, if we need counseling, if we think our son or daughter needs counseling, we will do whatever we have to do because we believe it's right. Don't let pride block you from getting the mental help you need. Do it. 
Because God cares. And I hope today no one's hearing condemnation. We talk about food. I mean, we talked about food, money, sex, counsel. I don't know what else I could talk about, but I hope no one's hearing condemnation today. I hope, I hope you're hearing the story of a God who so loved every part of the world that he gave his son to die for it. I hope you're hearing the story of a God who completely knows you and completely loves you. And the things that, that you don't like about yourself, man, these are the areas where God wants to grow you and build you and love you. And in the areas where we need to get healthier, these are the areas where God wants to come beside you and grow you and build you and love you. This is not about being something that the world thinks is beautiful or smart. None of that matters. It's about being a vessel that is fully devoted to the glory of God with your mind and your body and your spirit. It all belongs to him. And so everything I have should glorify him. And everything I have can be an instrument of his. And everything that I have can be used to build the kingdom and win souls. Everything. And the story of my addiction becomes a story of my freedom. And someone else is set free through that. But you have a responsibility to move. You're not just spirit beings. This isn't Casper the Friendly Church. All right? Body, mind, spirit. This year, I'm challenging you. Grow with me. But not just in spirit. Grow as a soul.